0: Hey Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need to know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to the PBL Simplified Podcast, where you can tune in and learn all about project-based learning. I'm Ryan. I'm your host. This month, though, we are looking at what's that book inside of you? How do we get that thing published so that it can get out there and bless the world? So we've been talking about books all month so this episode is no different. We've got a need to know around writing a book. We also have a guest today. Andrew Larson is a full-time PBL facilitator at the secondary level, and he's written his book, and it is ready to be published. So we're going to get his process and his thoughts on how you make this happen when you're a full-time teacher or a full-time administrator. Where do you find the time? Where are the processes at? And You're going to, get to hear right from Andrew uh, and get to follow him and his process. Before we get into the interview with Andrew, though, I want to hit this need to know. And it's a broad need to know that I get often, whether I'm speaking or you know talking about the book, is how do you get this book written? Everybody has a book inside of them. I firmly believe that. But not a whole lot of them actually get out and get published. It's like 1%. So, I think the first step is to take the ambiguity out of, I want to write a book. If you say, I want to write a book, that's maybe a starting thought, but it's not concrete enough to actually do. So spend some time, just sit at an empty desk with no other agenda for 30 minutes and write that down. I want to write a book. And then I want to write a book about what? What's the subject? Maybe it's the title. Uh, Maybe you've got a special niche like project-based learning or SEL differentiated instruction, whatever your niche is, and then start to outline the chapters that could be there. What are the main talking points that you would want to hit and share with others? Once you have those now, you actually don't need to start writing right away. You can start collecting ideas though. And now you have a place to put those ideas. You can put them into different chapters. Maybe it fits over here or over here. You're collecting illustrations as you're going through your school day. You have an interaction with a a learner, and you think, whoa, that would be perfect for chapter nine. And you want to make sure you record that as well as you can uh, right into a Google Drive. So I have a Google Drive folder that's set up, and it's just called illustrations. And then within illustrations, there's a folder. And one is like power of passion. Uh, One is direction. One's focus. And as I come up with different stories throughout my day, I catalog those. Because if you think you'll remember them when you get to the writing process, you just won't. Uh, one of my writing mentors, Ken Davis, shares this story where he's a prolific speaker and writer. And so he, he's the one that actually taught me to have this illustration folder. And he woke up in the middle of the night. And of course, he's got a pad right there to write things down. He had this great dream. So this is going to be a perfect example. So he writes it down, goes back to sleep wakes up the next day, looks at his pad and it says chicken. And he has no idea what chicken means. He can't remember it. He just remembers he had this great dream that would have been a perfect illustration. So that's always his reminder that when you write down these illustrations, put the detail down. Take the time right now to put the detail into these illustrations and then you can come back to them when you're actually in the writing process and you'll know exactly where they go. So, The first step in writing your book is that what's your book really about? And you know this answer, but you need to take some of the dauntingness of I'm going to write a book out of the picture. So, you know, find a loose title, a subject, find yourself 10 to 12 chapters, put some titles on those and start to collect illustrations. So then when you do sit down and write, the content just flows Uh, because you're going to hear in Andrew's interview today that he's got a place where he just starts to flow. The words flow every day, and he's not editing those words necessarily this first time, but he's just writing and writing and writing. And that comes from knowing your illustrations, sharing those illustrations with others, so that you're starting to write your book as you're going throughout your day. The other piece that I want you to try to solidify in your brain as you go to write your book and share it with the world is the very first thing you need to understand is that, yes, you should write your book. Are there other books out there on your topic? Yes. Should you still write your book? Yes. You'll you'll bring a unique perspective that someone else is going to connect with, and it will help others out there in the classroom world or the school world. So we do need to get your book out there. Yes, it's worthy of writing. Yes, we should be sharing it with the world. If you've got those two things, you're really ready to start. There's not a whole lot of uh, other complicated steps to it. And you just decide that you have a book to share, you're an author, start to outline it, and then fill it in. Now, there's going to be more to it, yes, but those are the first steps. And as you hear this interview with Andrew Larson, I really think that you're going to hear the heart of the author who's also a full-time teacher who loves education. Uh, Andrew's been a New Tech Network trainer. He trains for Magnify Learning. He's been doing project-based learning for a decade and has much to share in this interview. I think you'll really enjoy it. Hey, PBL Simplified audience, really excited today. We've got Andrew Larson on the podcast today, project-based learning facilitator, Uh, He's at a Magnify Learning demonstration site. Andrew's been at the beginning of the work uh, and really helped form a lot of this work. So excited to have him on the podcast. He's a good thinker. And since this is a series on book writing, he's got a book coming out. So Andrew, thanks for being on the podcast. Welcome, my friend. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. We're going to start off. We're going to dive into your book because I want to hear your process and your thoughts there. But before we get into that, why why PBL for you? Why project based learning for you as a facilitator?
1: Yeah, so I was uh a tradition in a traditional setting for ten years before I made a switch, and that was that was mostly straight biology. That's what I was doing all day, every day. And I liked my work. It was a good job, it was a good school. But somewhere in year you know, seven or eight. I just started to get a bit of an itch, you know, things were starting to feel pretty routine, um, pretty predictable, you know, and although this isn't implicit to PBL, I felt very isolated, felt compartmentalized in my building and department. And so there was, there was, I knew that I wanted something else. And I, to be honest, I didn't know at first what it was. And it's kind of funny, I, I talk about this in the book, like I had a couple of, uh, <laughs> it was almost like clockwork. Sometime in February, I'd get a call or an email from Mike Reed, and he would be asking me, hey, uh, do you ever think about the alternative school? Or, you know, at one point, we even had a conversation about starting a farm school, and so, both of us were kind of in the same place. We just knew we were looking for a new adventure. And then, I think, 2008, um, it was announced at a faculty meeting that we were going to, our district was going to open this project-based school. And I didn't know what I was getting into, but I was like, "That's I'm doing that. I want that. Um, and, and like so many people, I said, I do projects all the time. You know, I already do PBL. And of course, I didn't, you know, I I did something much more akin to uh, traditional projects, but and, you know, really, even in the job interview, I I couldn't articulate what PBL was. But now that I do, and, you know, really, as of two or three years in, I just knew that I wanted uh, a more authentic outlet for the content, and to do exciting things and kind of have the have the freedom to just try stuff and get messy and, uh, you know, every once in a while have, have a breakthrough that was really exciting. I didn't feel like I was getting that, you know, where I was. So that's kind of how it started. I, I mean, I haven't looked back and I I will never go back.
0: Yeah. That's part of your story that I really appreciate is, being a, a great traditional teacher, but then being like, man, like project based learning has unlocked something inside of you. Like, we've had those conversations. And yeah. I, I love the phrase you just used, which is why I'm excited about your book coming out an you know, authentic outlet for the content. Cause you love your content, right? Like, you, I you do. love biology, right? You love your content, but it needs an authentic outlook, right? Like, it needs a place to really go and be applied in the real world.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's funny. One of the tougher topics for, um, for, Project-based learning is genetics uh, in, in biology. That is genetics, okay. and and um, we're just wrapping up a project this week. Which is, I mean, it's kind of one of those you slap yourself in the forehead. Is like, why didn't I think of the sooner? So we're doing a twin study. So you know, like in terms of understanding the difference between. You know, nature and nurture, you know, the influence of genes and environment. Like, that's, that's how it's done. You know, that's how human geneticists do it. So we just interviewed, you know, something like, I don't know, 13 sets of twins or something like that. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, we're going to unpack all that, that data here for the rest of the week and look forward to it.
0: So, right, right. I love the real world data, right? Like there's this works happening in the real world. Let's figure out where it is and that's where we drive the content and let the let the learners work through that. Yep. So, let's let's dive into your book because that's what what, you know, this month is about as far as our podcast. We're talking about writing books. Um so you as a teacher in the classroom have had a lot of these thoughts and these rumblings like uh, what's the title of your book, first of all, first off? and kind of What's it about? And then bring us into like, how you even started thinking about writing a book.
1: The tentative title is Life's a Project, the six A's of project-based learning. And I, I Googled it. I don't think the title is taken. Um, but yeah, Life's a Project.
0: It should be. Sh- we should have trademark status right now, right? Because this will be public. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> right. I, I love the title. I knew your subtitle. I knew it was going to be about the six A's, but yeah. I love your title.
1: Thank you. Yeah, one of the things that I do uh, with each chapter, and I think you might have previewed one of them, but, uh, you know, kind of like transferring some of the uh, the PBL lingo to my outside of class experience, you know, still a lot of stuff in, in the outdoors. And so the, that's kind of a thread through throughout the introductions of the chapters. Which is fun, you know. It's 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 fun to think about what we do in the classroom and and how it plays out in in terms of real,
0: you know, the the, the doing of real things. So you're gonna be, you're gonna write about the six A's, yeah. Um, and we'll we'll link some show notes to, to some six A's content. But yeah, I love that you're as an expert facilitator, you're gonna wrap uh, your experiences um, and your take around the six A's to help people, you know, give them an on ramp to the six A's. Right. Bring us back to your writing process. Like, how do you, as a full-time teacher, like, what does a writing process look like for you to bring your book to life?
1: Yeah. So, and this, my book is languished. I, you know, I started it three years ago and I would write in fits and, you know, mainly in the summer or over winter break. Whenever we had a break, I would try try to knock out, you know few thousand words and um i don't know something I, I was just feeling i was feeling frustrated obviously with that process and just this year i've just committed to it you know so my current process is i you know i wake up at four fifteen in the morning and um i write for one hour five thirty to 6 30 and then um uh, get up and you know go to go to school and so i've been able to do that um With good consistency, and and to the point where I've I've said everything that I needed to say, and now I'm going back through and and doing some editing, and um, so yeah, and you know, I guess the other part of my process has been reaching out to to colleagues. So we had a over the Easter weekend, I had a little extra time and and had a couple actually had a, a chat with adria steinberg who is the person who conceived of the six a's back in the 90s um and that was that was great it was it was so cool you know she is uh she has been around she's seen it all and you know um so i I almost felt like i was obligated to tell her that i was writing this book yeah that's right that's so good uh, yeah and and uh just um just kind of run a few ideas by her and and I feel a little bit relieved that, you know, nothing that I said, you know, uh, took her, set her back or anything like that. So
0: How did that go? Um, like, were, were <laughs> you nervous for that? She's just like, no, Andrew, this is not what you're <laughs> <right."> <laughs> I,
1: I mean, I was nervous. I was starstruck. And I told yeah. her that, you know, like the six A's um, are, have been a guiding principle ever since I started doing PVL and I didn't know where they came from. I had no idea what the yeah, origin was. That's right. And, um, you know, there was a rubric or two out there looking at project quality um, and it was, you know, pretty general. And I thought this needed, this needs unpacked. Um, as far as having this, having that structure, it was a godsend for me in terms of actually getting the book, chunked out, you know, into an outline because because it's it's kind of a natural structure. I mean, and and not only are the 6A's, there you know, if you google 6A's rubric, you'll find it, and for each one there's there's three or so questions. Um and so that's I just structured my book in in that way exactly, and me answering those questions based on my experience.
0: Yeah, and I think that's so strong Andrew because, you know, I've seen that rubric. We've used that rubric a lot. We we give it to participants, especially in our PBL advanced training. We've we've now kind of structured around that. But just having that rubric does not suddenly make you a PBL expert, right? So how does your book kind of wrap around the six A's to help, help walk somebody through? Is that what it does? Like, what's your goal here with this book?
1: I think my goal, and and as far as I'm concerned, the goal of the six A's just in general Has always just been a sort of a litmus test for project designers, you know, to be able to say, yeah, my project checks these boxes. Um, so I would say, um, it's not as sequential, say, as, as your book, um, you know, which deals with the, with, you know, the, uh, sort of the six phase project process. It's not like that so much. And and that's one of the things I'm kind of knocking around right now is, I mean, should I, do I need to change the sequence of the chapters um, to make it more that way? And I'm not sure yet. I'll have to get some feedback,
0: but... Maybe this will tune for you a little bit. I like this. So, what, what I think I come across is... Um... Sometimes if I look at those six A's and I look at a PBL unit that I'm tuning with someone, it might be strong in three or four of those A's, and there might be yeah. maybe a little, little weaker in two, two. So we can kind of focus that. Yeah. Um, do Do you see that coming to light as people are reading this book? Like they might find some chapters they just they gravitate towards because they need some help there. Definitely, and
1: and you know one of the things I talk about is. You know, and this is a, a John A. Cup thing, right? Perfection is overrated. Yeah, and that's right, love it. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I guess over the course of a year, when I think about a year's worth of projects, I really hope that they all um, you know, there none of them are gonna be perfect. I think some of them will approach proficiency in those six A's, but but others won't and, and give yourself permission to make a sacrifice here and there, one project to the next. And maybe you try to do better next time in, a, in, in an area that where it was, maybe it was a little less authentic this time for students, but it was super engaging. You know, a lot of active learning was going on, um, but maybe it was a simulation. You know, we just did a mock trial project, which was um, immensely engaging. Kids loved it. The setting was authentic because we were in a courtroom. But you know, for me, I kind of want to balance that out. you know I want to make sure the next time you know and it's kind of funny, one of the things that I've been visualizing is one of those uh sort of like star diagrams where you know you you can maybe put in put in some data and it'll pull in different directions, so the points of the star would be the six a's and you know if you're doing well in one area, then it kind of stretches out this way and. Maybe it's a little flatter on this side. I mean, I don't know if you can visualize that, but <laughs>
0: no, I, I like <laughs> it. it. Makes sense. Well, yeah, but it brings to light the idea that you know your PBL unit's not going to be perfect in all the six A's, and like, so that's not even the goal because then you'll never launch your PBL unit, right? And right, you know, we yeah. We both love John Acuff's work, like finish, right? That helps yeah. you get your book done, right? Like we're not we're not searching for perfection because that just causes you to procrastinate. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why I love your book coming out because whether you're a PBL uh, beginner or if you're advanced or maybe even you're PBL certified, wherever you're at on the spectrum, I really think people are going to be able to pull some of your insights out of the six A's and apply it to a PBL unit right away. And I I just see it as a way to give people on ramps to the six A's, which is really bringing about quality PBL.
1: Yeah, I, I thank you. I I mean that's I believe. I believe that there will be uh, a lot, you know, there's nitty gritty detail about project process and, you know, there's lots of examples of things done well and poorly. And so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think everybody's going to be able to draw from it.
0: Yeah. I think, I think so. I have no doubt. So your writing process, we don't find time. We make time, right? So you made time early morning, you yeah, or prime time, family time. And then made that consistent, right? Just made that a discipline. Yep. So, we've got listeners out there, both teachers and principals, that we know they have a book in them. Mm-hmm. What are what are one or two kind of practical tips that you can give them to start their book, like, coming to formation? How do they start this writing process for them?
1: Everybody has a story, right? You know? And so, I think that journaling is one of those things. And I haven't been a good journaler forever, but um, having a, 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 an archive of what I've done each day has proven really insightful for me, and and you know, um, so I think everybody's got a story to tell because we each live in a, you know live in a parallel universe, and we see things from our own point of view. And I think that anybody that has stuck with something for uh, some appreciable amount of time, you know something something that was uncertain to work and and they 've found some success or at least they 've seen enough potential uh, to lend their insight uh, i think i think should should give it a go as far as you know the nuts and bolts of it i mean, I think we teach writing in our classes and you know, it's it's all about it's all about having some outline to work from. Not unlike with projects, you know, there are, sometimes there's an existing structure that you can build a great project from. And certainly, with it was my experience that the six A's was my great structure. And if you can if you can draw upon an existing structure, then it might just work. And it's it's you lending your unique perspective on it. So it's not like you're you know taking credit for something that's not yours it's really just all of us building on each other's thinking
0: right and 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 your goal wasn't to rewrite the 6a's right it's to put mm-hmm. your spin from your experience to the 6a's and and allow that to help people and again, i'm 100% certain that's going to cuz i've seen you do that as you facilitate and or mentor you know other facilitators so yeah capturing You know, if you're in the classroom, capturing some of those illustrations, right? Good days, bad days. Yeah, probably same thing for principals, right? What's working? What's not working? Just capture those stories. Does that seem like great advice to give?
1: Yeah, and and like I've traditionally not been a very good historian. Journaling has helped a lot, and I've always wanted to try to write a book, which basically constituted 180 days worth of school. You know, so the structure is there, and just. Somebody else can can go ahead and and give that a go. Why not? I mean, because your 180 days are going to be different than mine. So, but yeah, you know, for those of us who aren't aren't great at capturing, I think getting into the
0: habit of 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 capturing and archiving is is certainly important. I'm a firm believer. Everybody has a book in them, and there's somebody that can learn from it. So. One logistical question, and then I'm going to ask you how we can connect to you. So, like, what did you write your book in? Did you have a program or a software? Like, what did you use? Google Docs
1: is what I'm writing on. And it's, you know, it. I, I, <laughs> back in the old days, back in the old days when we have to worry about a floppy disk getting corrupted or thank goodness those are done. I don't write on my phone, but some people do. Some people, Michael McDowell told me he does most of his... Writing of his book on a phone. And that kind of blows my mind. I could never do that. But any kind of cloud based deal is, it's amazing.
0: Right. I like that answer because it's really just kind of, I think, demystifying the process, right? Like, there's no secret to it, but there needs to be time where you can create words. So, time to create words. And you need to probably hit what, 40 to 60,000 words? Did you look at that type of a word count for your book? Or what did you look at? What was your goal? I think I'm at
1: about 65,000. I find that I can write about a thousand words in one sitting without much trouble, you know, on a good day, I can hit 1400. And even if I don't, even if I only clear 600 for a day, I, I don't consider that a loss at all. It's just, that's the progress for today. And so who knows, I don't know how long a book, I think I asked you at one point, and I think you probably told me somewhere north of 50,000. Um, but I felt like I wrote in, until I didn't have anything left to say. And and it, that's where it kind of shook out in about 65,000.
0: Yeah, I love it. So just consistent words every day and a book comes out. So how can we follow you on your journey, Andrew? As we as we go to publishing, um, we're going to want this to come out. What can we put in the show notes? And how, how can people connect you to follow you on this journey?
1: Yeah, so on Twitter, I am at Andrew M, as in Michael Larson, Andrew M. Larson. And that's probably the main way I do some blogging for Magnify Learning. So I think, you know, there's a whole lot of reads, you know, on the, the Magnify site, which are worth. I mean, I'm not not just mine. <laughs> there's a lot of good reads from uh, a lot of folks. Yeah, I'd say that is that
0: is how. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll connect those. And you do have some great blogs on there. Andrew, thank you for coming on and, and sharing your writing process. We're excited to see this published. Thank you, Ryan. It was fun. All right, PBL Simplified listeners, you have a book inside of you and it's time to get it published. So you just heard a great story from a full-time teacher uh, teaching high school biology using project-based learning and he got it done. So you can do that too. And as you do, uh, it'll be another way that we can engage learners, tackle boredom and transform your classrooms.